listening to Girls Gone Wild. This is Joy. And this is Claire. This is episode 277. This episode is with Steady MD. We interviewed Danny Urquillo and we had a lovely conversation. Do you guys know who Danny is? If not, he's the spouse. You're about of, to find out. He's the spouse of Julie Fouché. And he is also. <laughs> I'm a. I'm sure he loves that that title. I know, but I mean, like like, everyone knows that, like in the CrossFit world, yeah. Danny is wonderful. We had a great conversation with him, uh, talking about his kind of journey to becoming to getting where he is right now in his medical career and working with SteadyMD. And a lot of you guys in the past few weeks have reached out to us and asked us, you know, you guys are talking about all of these great doctors, whether they're um, traditional doctors or functional medicine doctors or anything in between. And, um, you know, how can I maybe find a practitioner who's more in the same mindset as I am when it comes to health? And this is the way. And can I read this email from Janet really quick? Because this was really something that came up where I was like, oh, wait, we have this episode coming. So Janet, we met at the CrossFit Games a few years ago, and she is a pediatrician. And she wrote this email. And she's like, you guys are awesome. I love you guys. I met you guys. And we're like, oh, we totally remember her. And she goes, functional medicine is wonderful and very popular uh, hot topic in CrossFit. I'm not a functional medicine doctor, but do follow many of their practices. There's a tendency right now to put down every healthcare provider who is not a functional medicine practitioner as if we are all drug pushers. <laughs> She's a drug pusher. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's a, that's a horrible like mean girls insert right there, but I just had to do it. Um, I'm a pusher, Katie. I'm a pusher. <laughs> paid by Big Pharma. Please remember that most of us are not. Please also remember that patients who do go to functional medicine doctors are a very health conscious and motivated group. They are not the average person who does not want to get off the couch and off the carbs. They are not my Medicaid families who think Fruit Loops is a good first finger food for their child because it is a fruit. Those patients can't even afford a functional medicine practice and have likely never heard of them. I'm not trying to bash anyone. I just want to give you a bit of perspective to think about as you are diving into this area of health. It is not that most of us are not trying as hard as the functional folks. It is very likely may ha- it very likely may have to do with the fact that we have different populations we are dealing with which is such a good point. So thank you, Janet. Um, She said, I would love it if everyone wanted to listen to my diet and exercise and lifestyle changes, but they do not. Thank you for listening, Janet. Janet, thank you so much for that email because that's such an important point. And we certainly don't want to come across that at all. So when she wrote that, I was like, ooh, we have to like say this before we do the Danny interview because we think that we're, you know, we're trying to get all these great um, professionals and experts on our podcast, but we certainly don't ever want to be super, super one-sided. And I think we we try our best not to. So if you ever have, you know, other opinions and input, please send it our way. So thank you, Janet, again, for that email. And I think on the other side of that, a lot of people who even are health minded have maybe never heard of a functional medicine doctor and are like, Hey, wait a minute. Exactly. You know, I have had really bad luck with traditional practitioners for whatever reason, or maybe I'm just moving to a new town or whatever. Maybe this is something I could look into. So hopefully, um, you know, as you'll hear Danny talk about through SteadyMD, there are a range of practitioners from functional medicine doctors and all different types of MDs. Um, and yeah, I think I, I love Janet's point. Like it's, and we've talked about this. We even talked about this with Laura Ligos a couple weeks ago. Like dietitians get the same kind of bad rap. Like they're just going to hand you the food pyramid and yeah, walk away. And exactly. It really comes down to the individual practitioner. So yep. we're really excited to talk about SteadyMD, really excited to talk to Danny. I'm really excited about this platform and think that it, you know, potentially could open up some some medical medical options mm-hmm. for maybe some of our listeners out there. So we hope you love this episode. One more announcement before we get on the episode is that we are dedicating, we're so dedicated to you listeners. We're going to be doing two episodes a week starting not this week, but the following week. Um, yeah. So, when, so if, like, you're, if you're listening to this in real time as it comes out, we're going to be doing two episodes for the rest of 2018 because we love you so much. Um, AKA, we just have a lot of interviews. And quite frankly, I really like the episodes. Uh, I think you guys like the episodes too, where it's just Claire and I. While I love doing interviews, I love, love, love doing interviews. Um, it's just who we are is really... Uh, Joy and Claire. And I, I really love that you guys love those episodes. So I think that we wanted to give you um, those episodes in addition to so many of the interviews that we've been doing um, to kind of keep the 
the flair of joy and claire sorry i just I, it came to my head and i had to say it <laughs> gotta just say it yeah mm-hmm. um yeah so starting next week on likely on tuesday you guys you guys will get a an interview and then on next thursday you'll get a joy and claire and we will do our best to keep that pattern up for the remainder of 2018 see how it goes maybe it'll be a permanent thing maybe it will please give us feedback uh, we really, really appreciate the support and also continue to leave reviews wherever you get this podcast, but specifically on iTunes, if you can leave a review and subscribe um, and share with your friends and help us grow this community. We really appreciate all of you listeners out there who support the podcast, support the show, support Girls Gone Wad in any way, shape or form you can. We love you so much. So, all right. Longest intro ever over. Please enjoy Danny's interview. So I, I, I do want to start, if we can kind of all agree that we're okay starting right now. <laughs> Everything's on the record. Um, I recently listened to your uh, Jason Kalipa interview, which was fantastic. And Jason Kalipa is such a cool guy. Um, that yes. <laughs> he was talking to you about, you used to sing opera. <laughs> and I, I was did, really yes. excited to hear that. I was like, well, that is a fun fact about Danny. Yes, it is. It's a. It's funny how I got into it too. So I, I was always into music as a kid. My mom, you know, got me into music class when I was really, really young, and that kind of progressed through mostly singing, and then I did various instruments as well. Um, and then in the beginning of high school, I was like, okay, I want to, I want to, you know, not just go to choir and things like that through school. I, I think I want my own voice coach. So my friend um, connected me with a gentleman who at, at his church actually who had an incredible voice. And I just went to his class to, I met up with him and then all of a sudden he's like, okay, your turn. And he asks me to sing something back to him or something along those lines. And he starts singing opera. And I'm thinking, what the heck did I get myself <laughs> into? This is not what I was expecting at all. Um, but, you know, I was like, okay, I'm going to give this a couple weeks. Let's see if I, if I like it. And I ended up loving it. Um, just the whole, you know, idea of opera, like the, the things that go into it, the discipline, the practice, the pieces, everything was wonderful. I loved it. And then kind of did that all throughout high school and then kind of culminated in me singing the national anthem at our graduation. And then unfortunately, when I got to um, to college, I really didn't have the time to do that anymore um, with kind of pursuing medicine and doing all these, these research projects and things like that. So unfortunately, I kind of fell to the wayside, but I was, I got to tell you, I was all into it, um, practicing like uh, one to two hours every night, sometimes even more. And my parents, they, they're very much into classical music, so they, they loved it. But that's how that all got started. That at the is, same time, I was, yeah. I was skateboarding, too, which was the weird part. Um, so I was kind of in between these two different worlds. Well, yeah, like oh what my a gosh. well-rounded kid you were. If you that's were a strange. teenager today, you would be like a YouTube star. So that's, true. I don't know, maybe. Not <laughs> <laughs> a bad idea. Danny, it's not too late to become a YouTube star. To become an opera singing, yeah. skateboarding doctor, YouTube star. Why not? Okay, Why not? so then we're just gonna <laughs> we're gonna keep on the fun facts about Danny. Um, just sure. really quick b- before we dive into Steady MD, because you know that's really what we want to talk about. <laughs> but I was like, fun facts about Danny, and then okay, of course you're married to Julie Fouché. Did she get you mm-hmm. into CrossFit? Uh, were you was she the CrossFit star when you met her, or when when did that no, come to be? No, 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 no. Yeah. So I've been doing um, kind of essentially how I got into CrossFit. I was doing the, this 300 workout at our local gym. And then one of the ROTC guys there um, told me about CrossFit. And I'd been doing it for, I don't know, for a year or two or so. And then at one point, I was hanging out with Julie. We had some mutual friends. And we were watching a TV show, Grey's Anatomy, funny enough. And um, <laughs> I was pulling up the main site that, that night. It was after five. I was like, all right, cool. We're going to see what the workout is. And she's like, oh, what are you looking at? what are you looking at? I, I showed her and she was totally sold on it. She wanted to do it. And then over the course of a couple of months, we started dating and then found our local um, CrossFit affiliate and um, yeah, started doing CrossFit. So, and then we did the same programming actually for quite a while. And she just has freak genes. So <laughs> she got a lot better than I did. So, and that's how she ended up at the game. Okay. So <laughs> Uh, you probably would never admit this, but you're kind of the reason she got into CrossFit and became a CrossFit star. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll take the credit. It's fine. <laughs> that is awesome. And then um, last but yep. not least, I uh, I know too that you created a pizza company with your sister, which I was yes. like, that is amazing that you did all this stuff. So, um, yeah. I mean, is that something you guys are going to kind of pick up down the road or what are you thinking about that? 
Yeah, maybe. I mean, we still have the recipe and yeah. you know, how, the 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 do how and all that stuff. But um, but I think I think at this point we're involved in too many other exciting projects. That's probably not going to be something we'll pursue. Yeah. That we. Yeah. But I think the theme, so. um, just kind of what I'm gathering, is obviously you're you're very passionate about health, and that uh, right. that company really kind of came from a place of um, wanting to make things make, make health or at least healthy eating a little more convenient for people. So kind of parlaying Correct. that into the passion now of starting Steady MD. Let's talk about that and um, mm-hmm. how you got involved with Steady MD. Yeah, sure. So I. So they actually, they reached out to Julie to, to partner and then, um, Julie connected me with them as well. And at the time, Julie wasn't able to see, um, patients because of where she was in her training without supervision. And I was a little bit further along, um, where I could do that. And during residency, they, they kind of approached us saying, you know, we want to create this virtual direct primary care practice, um, that caters to people who do functional fitness or who do CrossFit. Um, and I of course thought, wow, that's amazing. I mean, I, I have to do this. And I started kind of working with them in my, towards the end, I think of my second and then my third year of, of residency and started to build that up. And um, it's kind of blossomed into what it is today where um, I'm kind of doing it full time. And then I have an, an office out in Avon, Ohio, close to Cleveland in a, in a cross the gym at Black Flag Athletics. Um, and um, I see SteadyMD folks who are local there. Um, but a little bit of background about kind of steady MD and what it is, it's really trying to solve a problem where, you know, people go to their doctor's, um, office and they feel they they get a very impersonal experience. The physician likely has, you know, two to 3000 people that they have to take care of. They have, if on a good day, 10 minutes to see that patient, 10 to 15 minutes, and then they're kind of out the door. And oftentimes the, the physician doesn't really understand kind of the CrossFit lifestyle at all. Um, and might make recommendations that aren't ill-intentioned, but just don't have that that context or that understanding. Um, so we wanted to connect folks with um, physicians that have a similar lifestyle. So I, I run the functional fitness practice, but there's also a triathlon practice, LGBT practice, um, powerlifting practice, bodybuilding practice even. That just connects people with, with physicians that practice a similar lifestyle. And we're available, you know, all over the country. So people have access to us in that regard. And we work very closely with people's uh, primary care physician kind of on the ground. So if they do need a physical exam, that they can get, you know, the, the care they need in that regard. But we tend to manage quite a bit virtually and can do a lot of the pieces that traditional primary care docs might not have the time or the know-how to do, which is really promoting health and keeping people healthy and keeping them out of the, the ER um, and helping them understand really the complexity of specialty care so if they go see a specialist that there's someone on their team that can interpret things as well so we also have the power to to really to to order labs imaging medications all those different things as well um because we're establishing that relationship virtually um and in a way that actually so our initial appointments are an hour long um and follow-ups are 30 minutes in a way that really gets to know people on, on a very personal level so i think the care is not um it's not the whole model isn't perfect. Obviously, we can't see people in person, but I think the care that we provide is, is absolutely outstanding and certainly superior to the standard of care right now. So that's kind of a little bit about SteadyMD. Sure. And then as far as meeting with people, can, are you able to do video visits? Yep, exactly. And that's that's the what we do primarily. It's okay. purely kind of video visits. The way it works is we have a, a beautiful app that... Um, that's HIPAA compliant, meaning it's encrypted and, and secure. And then p- we can communicate and text back and forth through that uh, medium. Okay. Um, they can send documents, PDFs, all that stuff. And I'm on the app, you know, all the time. Um, and then they can reach me in case of emergencies kind of 24 seven if needed. And then also we can do um, either by phone and then video, video appointments. And there's no limit on how many appointments they can, that folks can, can sign up for or schedule. It's really, so to give you an example, you know, someone's very sick going through a tough time in their life. I might see them maybe a couple times a week even, or, mm-hmm. a couple, you know, for a couple of weeks. And then I might not hear from them for three months, but that's kind of what they needed in a traditional model. That'd be pretty much impossible. Right. Um, you know, people book out so far in advance. So yeah. I, th- I think it's a really exciting um, platform. Yeah. And just, so do you have some context too? I work for Kaiser Permanente, um, which is, I don't think they have, um, offices it's a health insurance and a provider 
uh, model. Yeah. So you're familiar with that model. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, but I work in behavioral health, but I'm very familiar because I work in the medical facility, just that doctors book like 20 minutes at a time. And it's just like, Mm -hmm. while I understand the model and I understand that businesses (laughs) have to make money, it is something where you are always feeling like, um, you go in, they're treating the symptoms and you move on. So, um, Mm -hmm. would you say that this really is also helping with prevention and keeping people healthy? ongoing and you know more long term oh, absolutely yeah yep. absolutely yeah and because we have so much more time we can really address the root causes of a lot of these issues i mean the perfect example is you know folks with you know people with complex social situations tend to have more chronic disease and it's really the complex social situations or the or the uh, mental health pieces that sometimes really need to be addressed first mm-hmm. which are the most difficult to address and people have the least access to that I can address through the SteadyMD platform to some degree with the help, of course, with, with specialty care yeah. and people on the ground. But it's it's really about, like you said, health promotion. And a lot of what I do is really that, either with people have a chronic disease or if they're kind of completely healthy. And then there's a whole other part of my practice where I work with more, more competitive CrossFitters um, where we really work on dialing things in, the, the recovery piece and getting that last, you know, 0.1% out of their training or their recovery to really get them to that next level because that's kind of the way the the sport is is kind of moving at this point. Sure. So can you give a little bit of an example of maybe what that looks like for athletes? I'm sure a lot of our listeners sure. obviously that are crossfitters while they're not mm-hmm. at the elite level, but what that looks like uh Absolutely. and catering that care towards an athlete. Yep. Yep. So I to give you a bit of some more background, I'm what I practice is is functional medicine. To define functional medicine, it's really an obsession with with biochemistry and the root cause of, of illness. And when I say it like that, it sounds almost ridiculous to say because really that's what medicine should be. But as we discussed previously, you know, the model has just shifted to where that's pretty much impossible. Sure. Where it's mostly about symptom management. And um, so what I do is if people have an illness, I try to you know address the root cause. But once they're well, I take that similar perspective, that kind of obsession with biochemistry um, to, to the healthy individual. And what that might look like is are they able – are there, for one, are their blood markers optimized? So like stress can affect thyroid function, for example. So we make sure that their thyroid is functioning appropriately. We look for markers of overtraining. So testosterone and cortisol are important markers to monitor as well. Um, so we can do some things through through blood work. But um, the other pieces that I, that I often address are kind of sleep and nutrition as well. So sleep is profoundly, I think, um, neglected among um, not just, you know, CrossFit athletes, at least um, – and what I have seen, um, but kind of athletes in general, like everyone knows how to train, you know, very, very hard, but sleep might not be the biggest priority or, or they might be getting plenty of sleep time in bed or the, and the quality of the sleep might not be, um, as good. And, you know, people might not even know that, that they aren't sleeping optimally. And really we work on addressing that piece. And then also, you know, supplements as well. There's a lot of noise out there about supplements and, um, claims about certain things doing certain, you know, activating certain mechanisms. And I help people kind of sort through the noise in that regard and really help find evidence-based supplements, things that actually work and to help them develop a plan that, that is effective for them. And then of course that doesn't, you know, violate any, any rules because that's something we have to be aware of as well. Sure. So prior to getting involved with SteadyMD, were, did you have any time, and I'm sure you did in school, but after school, did you have any time where you worked in more of like a traditional doctor's office? No, um, not at all. Actually, I jumped oh, kind wow. of right into this because, you know, I was even after my first or second year of residency, I, I said to myself, and I was telling Julie this, you know, this is just not a system that I that I can even be part of, even for a year. It's just it's complete insanity, and we're we're hurt, I think in some regards because we're not able to address the root cause and. Sometimes things are overlooked. At times, we are actually hurting people, um, not certainly not intentionally, but just because of the, the structure of the system. Um, and I just felt, even as a trainee, even though you know I did have more time with patients, I still I still couldn't address the root cause. So I did a lot of kind of self reflection, and then even beyond that, self study during. Would, the joke was during residency, I would just use all my vacation time to do these Institute for Functional Medicine. Um, conferences just to to learn about, you know, a different way of doing medicine that actually works and and to understand and learn nutrition, which, you know, is is, is absolutely key to promoting health. So that's kind of, I just jumped right in. I know from my, our perspective as patients, we've all 
experienced the frustration of seeing mm-hmm. a doctor and not really feeling heard or, you know, given the runaround or just like, we actually recently had another functional medicine doctor on the podcast. Um, oh, and wonderful. we talked, yeah. And so I was kind of like, apparently we are like all about functional medicine doctors <laughs> now, which, which is great. Don't, um, but you know, and seeing, um, being exposed to those other models of care, I think a lot of people don't even realize that that stuff is out there. Um, And I'm interested to hear from your point of view, because like, like I said, like, you know, for us, we, as a patient, I'm sure you've experienced it too. Like there are many pain points, but Mm -hmm. from the other side of it, like what did you feel like was the most frustrating or one, one really frustrating thing about thinking about having to have a career in the more traditional medical um, path and medical world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it's really, p- people go into medicine, I think, for, we have a common theme, we want we want to help people and make a difference, right? And I think that's not necessarily unique to, to physicians, but that is something that, that we all kind of hold on to. And when you can't, you can't do that on a daily basis as a, as a primary care physician, to the degree that you would like, um, that's really, that's a, that's a big pain point. And that's one of the reasons why there's so much burnout, um, because there are so many pressures to really see as many people as possible. And as a result, you can't really make, um, make much change. And then that's, of course, unfulfilling and frustrating. Yeah. And you feel like you're never always, really contributing to the, to the solution. You're exactly, you, you want to help, but the model isn't set up to contribute to a solution. Right. Exactly. And you, and you can't, um, and it's, it's, you know, the, the other heart, uh, painful pieces, you know, that I went through this the Institute for Functional Medicine training and, and have done, you know, reading on my own to know that there's a different way that is so effective that, you know, diabetes is a disease you can reverse. It's not a, and that, you know, hyperlipidemia or high cholesterol isn't just something that you get as you get older. And then it's just a normal part of life to have those, that understanding. And then to see people in front of you who, who you can't offer that to is it's heartbreaking. My husband just graduated from nursing school and, you know, he's on a cardiac floor. He has four to five patients. Like, and I always think back and I think about this with, with doctors too, of like your, you know, med school admissions essay, like everybody probably is. So I'm going to help the, you know, I want to help people. I really want to just change the world with what I can do. Mm-hmm. And then you get actually into the system and it's like, oh my gosh, I barely have enough time to chart, let alone like actually right. sit down with a family and just discuss with them, you know, what they can mm-hmm. do to reverse diabetes or to, you know, end the cycle of heart disease in their family or whatever it is. So it sounds mm-hmm. like this is a, a cool way to kind of not work around that, but even just create a completely new system. Exactly. Exactly. We have to, I think, you know, there's, I think, two camps in medicine, one which wants to reform the current system and then another camp that wants to build a whole new system. And I think you guys can guess which side I'm on. Right. Um, so, and, and I think it needs to happen if we're going to, if we're going to heal this country because it's, it's, you know, it's causing us to be bankrupt pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. When we had talked previously about, you know, we, we met you at the games and um, kind of got the rundown on SteadyMD. And I'm curious for like, about who is your ideal patient? You know, you talked about treating people who have, who are actually sick and have illnesses and then sort of going on to treat them longer mm-hmm. term and treat the bigger picture. But are you, yes. is MD typically more for folks who are in pretty good health overall or is it, can it work for anybody? No, all comers, really, really all comers. I have people who are the picture of health and then people who have many, many chronic diseases that we're really trying to parse through, um, their specialty care. And um, I kind of function to some degree as kind of an interpreter for all their specialists as well. So really we see absolutely everyone. And, and the beauty of it, of the platform is that given that we have extra time, we can kind of parse through things, but we also have the ability to, to do what's called an e-consult or electronic consult where we have a, we work with another company where we can submit the case if we need, if we need an answer to, does this patient need to be seen by a specialist? And if they do, oftentimes we can communicate with that with that um, e-consult individual and order the labs that they would like to see prior to the prior to the appointments. For example, getting rheumatology labs before they show up to the rheumatologist, so that their their time is better spent. So we have a lot of support, and we communicate too with the the kind of the primary care physician on the ground if necessary. So we just have we have a whole kind of network where we can support patients regardless of, of their condition. And who are you contracting out with, say, um, these specialists? 
So we help folks find people in their area to okay. take their insurance. So Got it. On the ground, and we have a team that makes that happen. So for someone like me, I have insurance. Uh, this mm-hmm. is a nice supplement to what I already have. Would that is that what you're Correct. thinking? Okay, absolutely. Um, something mm-hmm. that you kind of can feel. And so, what's the price point for using SteadyMD for people? It's ninety nine dollars, and then we have a family plan that we just launched as well, uh, where your your spouse and, and yourself or your partner and yourself can. And then any children that you have, I think it's about two children that you can, that is included in a price. Um, it's $169 per month. I'm sorry. Yep, yeah. Um, that's really great. Cause then I think, you know, if you're obviously needing that more um, focused attention uh, monthly that you, you have that accessibility mm-hmm. and that you're able to reach out to your doctor, like you said, through this app ongoing, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it feels like a, a nice addition to what you, you know, the coverage you have may be something where you're like, well, I can't get in to see my doctor for like another month. What do I do? Right. Um, unless right. it's an emergency, there's no like middle ground. It's either you're in an emergency or you're not. And so <laughs> there's not right. like, well, exactly. what if I need an answer in like a couple days? <laughs> that doesn't sure. exist. <laughs> but a lot of folks too, is they get, they get a catastrophic plan, which has a very high deductible. And uh, you know, a lot of people are in that situation to begin with. So really, the, it, it turns into a situation where they are paying out of pocket for all their care anyway. So that's typically how people kind of couple, or s- some people choose to couple steady MD with their insurance plan to get a high deductible plan, Got or it. they'll use their HSA funds to, to pay for that. Yeah. No, that's really smart. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I want to circle back a little bit, um, just because sure. I, I feel because we have you as such a great resource, I have a couple specific questions that might be uh, mm-hmm. interesting to our listeners, which is sleep and supplements. <laughs> sure. Um, so I know everyone probably needs to sleep more. And you talked a lot about the quality mm-hmm. of sleep. Um, Correct. Where do you stand with taking sleep aids? And the reason I ask yeah. is because I am very familiar with a program that we use at, at our in behavioral health, which is cognitive behavioral mm-hmm. therapy for insomnia, mm-hmm. which really sure. focuses more on um, use, you know training your brain to sleep as opposed to giving Correct. medications to sleep. Where do you stand on all of that? You know, I think I think they certainly have a place. Uh-huh. Um, when we're talking about sleep aids in terms of along the lines of prescription medications like Ambien and and these, these stronger aids, you know, they disrupt sleep, the, the normal sleep cycle and sleep mm-hmm. architecture. And you, you, that, that certainly doesn't get you the restorative sleep that you need. And that's kind of like a, a tertiary fourth line thing that I even think about. Like I, I definitely address things from a, from a cognitive or a lifestyle perspective first with different things like, like CBT for one, or, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with heart math. Um, use heart. I recommend heart math quite a bit, which is a, kind of a heart rate variability oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. technique. It's kind of a biofeedback um, device, if you will, and utilizes um, a breathing technique to kind of downregulate this whole sympathetic tone that we're always in in this, in this world. Um, and then also, you know, if, if that doesn't work, and then all the other things as well, like blue light blocking glasses, really taking advantage of the, all the mechanisms that we know of that promote sleep, and then using kind of herbal remedies or herbal supplements at times when needed. So I'm a big fan of valerian root which I found to be very effective for folks without causing them to be drowsy. And, and the data shows that it's very good um, at um, promoting sleep initiation. So folks who are kind of all revved up, um, they've tried all these different modalities, they just they can't turn off their brain. Sometimes valerian root is really the only thing that they need and they can get their, their good night's rest. And then, of course, screening for sleep apnea, too, because that's so oh, so yeah. common in this, in this society as well. So that's, that's something I do quite frequently, too. Yeah. Well, I'm just so glad that we are moving, I think we've been moving on for quite some time, at least in the past five or six years from the badge of honor that you don't need to sleep or that you're like, oh, I can get so much done without sleeping, (laughs) which, you know, I get that there's like, when we're younger, we're probably a little more resilient and probably in med Mm -hmm. school, you're like, yeah, I just couldn't sleep. There was no time. (laughs) Right. You're right. (laughs) But, you know, as we do get older, it's, it's more taxing on the body. I imagine with everything else Mm -hmm. that we're doing and taking care of families and trying to balance workouts and all that. Um, but I'm just so glad that I think now the culture is shifting a little more to be like, yeah, sleep is good. You need to get some, you need to get some. (laughs) Now the eight hours is the badge of honor. You know, the eight hours of sleep. You're like, Oh wow. That's amazing. You're so, you know, thoughtful. And so, you know, you take your health seriously. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's really good. Would you say that's probably one of the top 
I don't know, self-care or necessary things that we should be focusing on for our health? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, you know, nutrition, everyone's been focusing on nutrition so much. And of course, that's important specifically because the situation we're in right now with the food industry and all that. But, you know, sleep, I think, is equally important, sometimes even sometimes even more important, depending on what's going on. Without it, you know, being sleep deprived will make you pre-diabetic so that there's, you know, and nutrition is important, but, you know, sleep is equally important. Mm-hmm. I always laugh when people are like, yeah, I'm, you know, checking out my heart rate variability and like all these little things. And then they're like, yeah, and I get four hours of sleep a night. It's like, maybe <laughs> look at some of these bigger things in your life before you start worrying about like the variability yeah. and the distance between your heartbeats. Yeah. Basics, basics. <laughs> yep. You know, I, yeah, I love that because it is, it is a concept from integrative medicine. You know, this whole idea of therapeutic order where you do the, you know, the least harmful thing first, you know, and then, and then you kind of advance things into kind of more, more risky things. And you, you start with the basics with lifestyle factors. It's, it's a beautiful thing. And yeah. people tend to actually get better. You don't even Isn't have to, that, need yeah. to address it with medications. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's so simple. It's so simple, mm-hmm. but not, <laughs> I don't want to, I don't yeah, want to simplify yeah. it too much, but, um, and then no, my no, next, no. my next quick question, because you're an expert on this and I, I feel like people need to start listening to experts more because there's so much junk out there with social media and people pushing supplements and you know detox mm-hmm. detox teas which I always kind of joke about detoxes because I'm like what do mm-hmm. you isn't your body one big detox machine <laughs> <laughs> right right I mean I don't um, know I maybe I'm just being cynical because I'm always like what is what do you mean detox like you're going on a cleanse and a detox like how do you view those things so, you know, it, I think that every, it's probably, it's probably well-intentioned, you know, I mean, pe- this idea of, of, well, firstly, we can talk about the whole concept of, of toxic burden, because it seems like that's really what they're trying to address. And that's certainly become an issue. And what that is, is really, we're just exposed to so many chemicals in our environments okay. um, through, through, you know, pharmaceuticals, through um, self-care products, makeup products, shampoos, all these different chemicals that our body isn't familiar with. And okay. we have systems in our body to, to address that. You know, our liver is profoundly um, powerful in detoxifying us and transforming these foreign substances into something that can be excreted either in our stool or sweat, um, our urine. Um, and sometimes people get sick because their, their detoxification ability is reduced. So, um, and then we have to figure out ways to essentially detoxify the body or increase the body's ability to remove some of these substances. It can be things, you know, pharmaceuticals. It can be, um, you know, synthetic substances. It can be heavy metals. Um, and uh, the the way that I, I personally approach it is always kind of with, with a food-first approach. There, there's a mountain worth of research on different foods and um, nutrition protocols that you can do that will upregulate your body's ability to detoxify, your, your liver's ability to detoxify. And, you know, perhaps some of those detoxification teas or detox teas or whatever you, um, you're kind of thinking about may, may play a part in that, but it's, it's probably not the whole piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to do it, I think, under the supervision of of someone who knows what they're doing, be it a registered dietitian or a physician who has training in that. Um, so I think it's it's probably well intentioned, and you know there is science behind this uh, this concept of detoxification and toxic burden. But um, you know I think you have to look at it a little bit more globally in terms of food as well. Yeah, I like that. I like the the phrase toxic burden because when you're mm-hmm. saying that, I'm like, oh yeah, I bet. I mean, it's it's so individual. And goes right. back to you treating the person as an individual and as a whole person and taking their environment Correct. and their family mm-hmm. life and their daily schedule mm-hmm. and their daily routine. Um, mm-hmm. Someone like me, who I think I'm pretty darn healthy, I take good care of myself, eat pretty well, and I have a mm-hmm. you know pretty routine schedule, might be have a different toxic burden than the person who works overnights, doesn't eat well, can't sleep, right. sleep regulation is all over the map, um, has, exactly. you know, I don't know, 
suffers from depression, something like that would be, you would say that their toxic burdens higher and might need to have a little more detailed focus. So um, I just think it's funny because I think there's times when I'm kind of scrolling through social media or even just going to Whole Foods. And I joke about this all the time in the podcast is like, I'll walk into Whole Foods or I'll, you know, see supplements passing through my Instagram feed where I'm like, Oh, do I need that? Is that going to like optimize my health? You know? (laughs) And you know, you walk through Whole Foods and the supplement section, it's so enticing because we're all kind of like wanting the next level to feel like just a just like maybe a percent better is that going to like push me into feeling just like that one percent better how good can i actually feel um which i think (laughs) is kind of funny because you know if you feel great like if it's not broke don't fix it (laughs) right 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 right. i i agree i agree you know i think we're it's this is this obsession with getting, you know, a competitive advantage or just, you know, getting the next best thing that we've been programmed so much right. by society to, to, to pursue. So we move that to supplements or, or uh, to, to health as well. So, but, you know, it's always, it's about, it really just comes down to, to sleep, eating well, managing stress, and then probably most importantly, having meaningful relationships. And that, if you have those things, you're probably going to live a very long time. That's so interesting that you put meaningful relationships at the top of the list. I think that I know it's just like, oh, no, I love it. But I think too, like, you know, you have, um, there is so much research and, you know, Mm -hmm. the couple of what, who's the guy who did all those studies on a book that came out forever ago. Yeah. The Blue Zones guy. Oh gosh, I forget his name. I feel terrible now. That's I know. Okay. I'll we Google all know it while you're talking. <laughs> <laughs> but to find that like the X factor in long lives does tend to be a really strong community. And I think um, that's so interesting. And I, like a couple of just tying that all back into CrossFit and into functional fitness and into, you know, kind of, I think what you guys are trying to create with SteadyMD of actually having a relationship <clears throat> with your doctor and actually having a relationship with the people around you. And mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, we got connected with um, a gal at the Harvard Divinity School who was doing, who had done her thesis and is now doing more postgrad work about communities. And it was like, you know, our generation is leaving churches by mm-hmm. the droves. However, mm-hmm. traditionally, tr- churches were the center of the community um, in, any, in any given town. And so where are we going? And so one of the answers that she found very strongly was people are going to CrossFit gyms. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. <laughs> and that's why, you know, that's why like Greg Glassman's been invited to Harvard to speak a couple of times for the Divinity School. Like she, this girl who never in a million, I think she's done like a handful of CrossFit workouts in her life, has spent mm-hmm. the last several years studying the social constructs in the community um, around CrossFit. And I just think it's so interesting to hear you say like, that's really the number one thing that you need in your life. Um, And I'm curious, like, what do you see in your practice? What do you see in your own experience and with your patients where you're like, no, it's, it's actually not, you know, this is more important than the, the supplements yeah. you're taking or the, the care yeah. that you're getting. I mean, it's, it, we, as I'm sure you, you're aware, I mean, we're kind of in this epidemic of, of, of loneliness as, as some folks have, have termed it. And when you're lonely, it's hard to motivate yourself to do pretty much anything, you know? And if you have a strong, community or a strong relationship with somebody or you're, you feel supported, you're actually able to kind of carry out the things that your physician would recommend. And, you know, it's certainly, you know, following through on recommendations is important, but just having the relationship in itself can be therapeutic. There's been plenty of times where I've, we didn't make any progress whatsoever in, in a patient's medical condition, but the half hour or the hour that we spent to them was so therapeutic that you know, they were able to, you know, they were more motivated to check their blood sugar or they were, their, their depression was better and they decided to finally, you know, connect with that individual or, or you know, venture outside their home or, or something along those lines that, you know, that the power of relationship, I think, is, is, is so overlooked. And I think it's, you know, I mentioned this when I was, when I was talking to, to Jason is that, you know, in primary care, we always joke that time is our scalpel. And when we have more time, we can build those relationships. And in turn, that relationship itself can be more therapeutic um, than even the medicine that we provide. The book Blue Zone is by Dan Butner. Does that sound familiar? Yes. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. I just Googled it for you guys. On the fly. Yeah. And especially because, you know, working in behavioral health, I see that all the time. And, um, you know, I think anxiety and depression run rampant in this 
culture. And I feel like the disheartening part of it is that we, when you have depression or anxiety, your tendency is to withdraw and isolate. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard to kind of be like, well, I just don't feel like getting out there. Um, I feel, I don't feel like getting in the mix of life, but um, Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's kind of one of those things where if you have even just the smallest crack of a door open for people to right. build a relationship it's going to work wonders and it's really going to help and um mm-hmm. i i heard someone especially you know everything's on podcasts now everything's on youtube like we're kind of isolated just by the nature of kind of how our society runs right now but i also heard on a panel i was on recently for podcasting where this guy was like one of the a fellow podcaster was like i just feel like podcasting has really cured a lot of loneliness And part of me is like, wow, that's really fascinating to think about because that's why I love listening to podcasts too, because there's that element of connection and people will tell us that all the time for this show is like, we feel like we're not alone. We get that all the time. So, you know, just kind of going off of what you said about building relationships, I don't care, even though it might be a virtual relationship, just the feeling, I think that it kind of boils down to the feeling that you're not alone. Um, right. that there's people out there that feel how you feel. So, you know, love it or hate it, social media that. and and podcasting and YouTube. And while it may isolate us on some level, I think there are some great ways that it connects us. But building that relationships, mm-hmm. building relationships and building community, um, hopefully we can continue yeah. to, to help that. I love that. I love that. I never, I've never thought of it in that way, that the podcast is... Because you, you, I, I listen to these kind of long-form podcasts, sure. conversations with folks, and you feel like you're you're having a cup of coffee with these Yes. Folks. And you're like on this long drive to work, and then you're stressed, and then by the time you get to work, you're like, oh, I just you know, hung out with my buddies. Yes. This is great. <laughs> it's exactly so, yeah. how it is. It's kind of like yep. you do feel... People will tell us that all the time. They're like, we just feel like we're hanging out with our girlfriends, and we're like, awesome, that's exactly what we want this to feel like. <laughs> Um, and that if there's like one thing we can put out there, people feel like, yeah, you're not alone. We struggle with these things too, as females and, um, Mm -hmm. as partners and friends. And so, uh, you know, hopefully that we can continue that, but yeah, that's really cool that you said that. I I mean, I know that you're just, it's not an opinion. You truly are taking this from research and, um, it Mm -hmm. just, it just makes so much sense. So sleep and diet and friendships and, and building those relationships. Now, where do you Mm -hmm. stand? I know this is such a like can of worms, but where do you stand on diet? Um, (laughs) and all the Mm -hmm. fads that I, I feel like they're fads that are out there. Yeah. So I think, you know, everyone has their own perspective on on things and, um, I think we can pretty much all agree that, we should be eating mostly plants. Um, and I think that meat certainly has a, has a role to play in a, in a healthy diet as well. And so does, um, I, I would, you know, the general rule, I would really stay away from, from processed foods in, in general. But eating kind of a, the basics would be eating mostly plants, meat, um, of, and of a diet that's high in diversity meaning eating lots of, of different vegetable, different things, things of very different colors. And then um, diets are also very individual, mm-hmm. you know, so those are kind of the, the general tenets. And then people's needs might be, uh, might be, they are actually very, very different. And that can be based on their genetics for one or on their, on their medical condition. And it also changes over time. So again, using, viewing food through kind of uh, a medicinal lens that's that certainly is going to dictate what kind of things you should be eating, but also from the perspective of looking at your own genetics, your own biochemistry, um, you might have different needs and um, might uh, might function optimally with different things. So that's why I think it's so important to work with with somebody who has an understanding of that, be it a registered dietitian or or you know a nutritionist or or a physician who is training in that or um, you know there's there's plenty of ways you can get that type of education, but. I think it's to say that there is one ideal diet for everybody is, is really missing the mark because mm. we are all so unique. Um, and the thing is, too, you know, nutrition research, at least over the last you know, hundred years, has just been plagued by a lot of methodological um, problems. A lot of observational studies um, are cited to make to make recommendations, which you know, have inherent error or problems in their um, ability to really detect a true um, associate or a true uh, relationship. So the data is, is starting to get better for us to be, draw better conclusions. But to say at this point that there's an ideal diet for everybody, I, I think is just not the case. I'm very glad to hear so, that. 
Um, okay. I, I'm, I really am only because Claire and I talk about this all the time is I think we just get kind of, uh, bombarded with information of kind of jumping on this diet and then this diet, and then this is the optimal yeah. diet for you. And you know what? I think of like the 90 year, 90 year old grandma who like makes cinnamon rolls every day. And it's just like happy as a clam. Um, I mean, I'm talking about like my great grandma, like she, <laughs> this is what she used yeah. to do. And yeah. I mean, she lived till she was in her nineties. So there's a part of me that's always like, and I do think there's something to be said about happiness, relationships and sleep right. and that you can exactly. make, you know, you can make real, you can make cinnamon rolls till the day you die and be happy and healthy as ever. And everyone just needs to calm down. <laughs> right, I always right. think, it's yeah, so I, true. I always think about using my grandparents as an example. They're both in their 90s. My grandmother, who's 90 years old, has come back from um, pneumonia and like kidney failure this year. Like most 90 year olds, if you're diagnosed with kidney failure, like that's kind of the end of the road. And she was like, no, no problem. And when you look at their diet, like they buy their groceries at Walmart, you know, they're not going to like the health co op. They are, but you know, they're cooking all their food at home. They are eating really like basic stuff. They go to the fitness center every single day. My grandpa does sit-ups every, like uh, like a hundred sit-ups sure. or 95 sit-ups every so single day. Cute. And my grandma walks the track and she's always like, every time I come around that bend to where he's doing sit-ups, I just think he's going to be laying there dead. <laughs> <laughs> but like both of them, you know, they've exercised low key right. exercise. You know, they are not going out and doing, you know, whatever, like a nightclub cycling class. Sure. They're just sticking with the basics yeah. and they're both yeah. in incredible health in their nineties. And that to me is like, that's the goal, you know? And I know right. you had talked about, you work with a lot of, with some of these athletes who it really, for them, it really is about that last 0.5% of health. Mm. And like, how can we optimize you to become a games athlete? Right. Or because to become, that's their job and that's their life. Right. right. Yeah. Or to become that, you know, world-class triathlete or whatever. But for most of us, it's just about like, how can I get to my 90s and still have enough in the tank that if I do get pneumonia, I get pneumonia and then I go back to, you know, to the gym two weeks later, like, as opposed to yep. you're in your 90s, you get pneumonia and that's the end of the road. Right, right, right. And you know, I and know. I'm, glad, I'm glad you bring that up because that is just from a, as, as a, you know, an academic is that's really the end point we should be looking at. You know, like there's a, looking at all these different studies, does this cause that? Does this cause this? Yeah. Are these, the real question is, are people living longer? Um, and are they enjoying their life as they age, their quality of life? That really should be the end point for, for everything. Yeah. You know? Yes, totally. And that's, so I think we, we sometimes we just become too hyper-focused on certain things. So, you know, in your grandma's example, you know, yeah, eat that, eat that cinnamon roll, go for it. But it probably made her so happy. She had meaningful relationships in her life. She was getting sleep. She was exercising. She had that, you know, from a scientific perspective, had that metabolic flexibility to do just fine with that, yeah. you know, extra sugar. So it's, it's really all about, can we, can we make it to a hundred and are we still having a great time? Yeah. Are well, we still like having when, a great time? Yeah. When people are beating <laughs> themselves up about like, I gained, you know, three pounds this month. It's like, <laughs> dude, in the scheme of your life, even like, mm -hmm. oh, I gained, you know, I can't lose the last 10 pounds. Like in the scheme of your life, is that really what's going to matter? Or is it going to matter that you like had a routine that you liked and you built, mm -hmm. you know, built mm -hmm. good friendships and you like found a groove for recipes you like to cook. And that's mm -hmm. the kind of big picture. You know, I think you're right. Like we just get so tied up in these little moments yeah. where it's like at the end of the day, like when you're 90 years old, are you going to be like, man, I wish I would have beaten Danny in that workout. <laughs> maybe. Uh, maybe. Maybe. I mean, <laughs> I think we can all agree like prescribing going out to dinner with your friends and having meaningful relationships is probably just one of the most important things you can do. Claire, what was oh, the yeah. what was the thing you say recently? You're like when you just want to be able to what was the thing you say? Like you just want to be able to not get sore from something. Like gardening. Gardening. That's what <laughs> Yeah, like, I just want to live. My life fitness goal is just to never get sore from gardening. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. That's so great. <laughs> I feel like that's just like, you know, one step above baseline Like walking, movement. you know. And right. Then... And yep. I'm not talking yep. about like rolling sod, you know, like no. that shit is hard. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, if I'm going to go out and just weed my garden and plant some bulbs, I don't want to wake up the next day and feel that. Yeah. <laughs> like, right, right. That is my baseline 
<laughs> lifetime. Those are the kind of life, those are the kind of health goals I want to work on with people. That is yes. awesome. Yeah. Or like <laughs> I want to totally. be able to knead a loaf of bread and not get out of breath. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't want my forearms to be sore. Sore. Yeah. That's yeah. so yeah, funny. I don't, I don't care. Like when in my life am I going to need a muscle up? Like at home. Yeah, really. Zero times. Zero hopefully. times. Hopefully, yeah. there's like a wolf invasion in my yard or something. Yeah. I have to bust up onto my tree. <laughs> a, tree or something. a wolf invasion? <laughs> I don't know. I was just thinking about like I the Hunger it. Games. <laughs> if really I'm in the Hunger Games, awesome. I have bigger problems. But <laughs> Yeah, we're not really working on your nutrition if you're in the Hunger Games. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. At that point, my, my relationships are out the window anyway. Everybody's lying <laughs> exactly. against me. Oh my goodness. Um, okay. So Amazing. one question that we got a, cu- a couple of people emailed us, we recently had Greg Glassman on the podcast and he was talking mm-hmm. all about the CFMDL one mm-hmm. and yes. talking about that experience for physicians who go through that program. And, you know, so many of them have this experience of like, I thought I was the only one who thought what we were doing wasn't working. I'm and I felt crazy and I'm so glad to find this community of doctors who, you know, also feel this way and like, let's band together and save the world. Um, mm-hmm. do, do you, I know you said that you're, you kind of run, um, head up the functional fitness mm-hmm. slash unofficially calling it CrossFit <laughs> side of the practice. Do you work with, um, or do you, have you done the CFMDL one or do you work with any um, of those folks? And the reason I'm asking is because we got tons of questions from people who were like, how do I find these doctors? Yes. So I actually went to the very first one. Um, and I, I'm not involved in kind of the, the day-to-day operations with it, but if people search CrossFit physicians on Facebook, they can request as a physician to be added to that group and they'll get all, we have a very, very active Facebook group. Um, this weekend, actually, they're they're, what they do is they have folks go through the um, the MD level one, and they're hosting one this weekend. And then people who have taken it in the past, oftentimes they'll put on little mini seminars. So they'll bring in speakers, thought leaders, things like that. So people can continue to kind of build camaraderie and and um, and learn together. And right now, um, they are actually working on a directory um, of CrossFit physicians. And that's one of the things that, you know, the the CrossFit or CrossFit Health has kind of been been tasked on uh, to do, so that that's coming. It's definitely coming. So there will be a way in the future to kind of look to see if if someone is in your area that does CrossFit and is a physician, you know, provider. And in the meantime, they should just go on CFMD and sign up for you, and then you can refer them. To that's other a great idea. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's I'm give- more than happy to to see people. That is, I would love that. Yes. When you do refer folks, um, you know, because I know that we've talked about even like I keep referencing the conversations that we had at the CrossFit Games and um, you guys were saying there are people on SteadyMD staff who it's their sole job to just make sure that every doctor that's involved with SteadyMD is licensed in as many states as possible so that you can take patients from all around the country. Correct. So how do you, I mean, is it just a matter of like time and time and effort to build that referral network so that you would know, okay, well, Claire and Joy are in Denver. Um, you know, Claire needs to go, whatever has needs to go see a specialist for whatever. Mm -hmm. I have this relationship with this person. I know that they have a similar philosophy that I do. Um, Mm -hmm. is that just kind of a matter of time on the ground? Well, well, right now it's, it's really, we, we kind of find someone, um, a physician or, or a specialist in the same way that, you know, someone would search, from, from Google or something along those lines. So unfortunately, we don't have the, the ability to, to find people with a similar philosophy. And that's really one of the things I'm really excited about when this CrossFit uh, Physicians Directory comes out, that I'll be able to see who's close by to, to people and refer them to the appropriate um, you know provider. Um, we d- right now, I wish we had that ability, but we just don't. So we kind of refer to folks that are in people's area and take their insurance. That makes sense. That's Does also that important. Yeah. Okay. yeah. You know, I don't, I don't want to have to Go, like that's kind of always the catch 22 about finding practitioners in your area. It's like, I want to find the best one who takes yeah. my insurance. Exactly. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> and you know, to, to add to that, I mean, I am, you know, I'm always available too. So let's say that they, they had a non-optimal experience with that, with that specialist. Maybe they didn't fully understand what was going on. I always request those records and sure. um, go over them with the patient. So there, there's a way to always make sure that people are getting the care that they need. Right. And then you make a note, like, don't refer that guy again. <laughs> right. 
Got it. Like, I'll take the records and leave you yep. to be. Yep. Thank you and goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I know we obviously have everyone who listens to this podcast needs to see a doctor every once in a while, but we also do have a lot of practitioners who listen to this podcast. So I'm sure. interested from both sides. If you are somebody who's listening to this thinking, man, I as a patient, I really want to get involved. How do I sign up for StudyMD or what are next steps? But also mm-hmm. if you're listening to this podcast as a practitioner and thinking, man, this feels like the model of care that I want to be a part of. How do those mm-hmm. folks get involved? Yeah. So if you're, if you're interested in signing up um, as a patient, you can go to steadymd.com slash GGW. And yeah, that's, us. If you're, that's you guys. And then um, if they you know are interested in, in partnering with us, they should, um, I think the, the email address is at the bottom of our website. I think it's info at steadymd.com um, where they can reach out to us. And um, we can start a conversation to see if we can we can develop something because we are we are growing and 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 it's 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 really exciting. We're really blessed by the success and the the wonderful reception of of this platform by people. So um, we are growing. So feel free to shoot us an email. Is it still like a small enough company that if somebody does email info at SteadyMD, they're actually going to reach a real person who's like, yeah, let's talk yep, about this? Absolutely. Yep. That's awesome. Absolutely. And are you guys um, primarily just? MDs and functional medicine doctors, or do you take, you know, utilize nurse practitioners, PAs, that kind of thing? So at this point, we're only physicians. Um, and, you know, I should say that not all of us practice functional medicine. Um, sure. it's, it's me and another provider that, that do that. Um, and that was, you know, kind of how I was, I guess, raised would be the right term in terms of in, in the medical field. And there's folks that kind of practice more conventional medicine because, you know, some people aren't looking for functional medicine and they might not, you know, jive with it. So we have that, that other offering as well. And then, so you had mentioned this briefly that you kind of had up the functional fitness side. There's a triathlete doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so if you're, if someone is listening to this and they are not a CrossFitter, there mm-hmm. still are other doctors out there in the SETI MD network for yep. you to connect yep. with. Absolutely. And how we is that set up? Yeah, we also have a running practice. We have general practitioners. So when they actually enter, when they go to our website, um, and they, they, they want to get started, they just click the get started button and they go through a, a, a really a quiz that gets to know them and then pairs them with, with a physician and gives them kind of three options of who they should um, or who, sh- who they may jive with really based on their their goals, their interests, their lifestyle, all those different things. So we, we have uh, several doctors that they can kind of choose from. And, you know, if it doesn't work out, I mean, they can also switch providers between the different practices. That sometimes happens. And that's just, you know, natural. That's normal for people to jive with different different personalities and i should mention too that all these you know we have these specialized practices you know these specialized interests but people you know i have plenty of folks who don't do crossfit in my practice as well so they're not kind of pigeonholed into kind of one practice or another sure right it's just sort of like hey let's start over here because we know that you guys have this in common and you know you're you're not gonna roll your eyes at someone when they're like oh yeah i tweaked my back doing a deadlift Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. You should probably stop lifting; it's dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> especially for women. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, cool. And then, yeah, thank you so much. And I have one more quick question, just about sure. the kind of experience. So, if some, when somebody signs up, what can they expect in that yes. first kind of yeah flurry of activity? Yeah, so they'll get an email and they'll they'll schedule their initial appointment. It's an hour long, so much longer than a traditional visit. And during that time, we really just get to know each other. So we talk with their about their health goals, obviously their medical conditions as well, and we just really set the the um, the groundwork for for that you know future relationship. And then they have a month to kind of decide: is this is this a good idea? Is this a good fit for me? Is this kind of what I'm looking for? We might do a couple more visits in between, you know, it, within the first month. And then after after the first month, um, we're, we're kind of uh, partnered for for the full year. So that's kind of how it works. And then they can, you know, in that first month too, they they can um, message me. You know, they have access to all the features of of SteadyMD, and they can really see if it's a good fit for them. And remind me, is it an ongoing contract or is it month to month? So for the they have uh, the first month to decide if it's a good fit, and then after the first month, they're committed for a full year. Got it. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. This is really exciting, Danny. Thank you so much for all the information. It's been so fun talking to you. Oh, my pleasure. <laughs> especially my pleasure. about thanks for having me. Especially about just making friends and eating cinnamon cinnamon rolls and going out for dinners with people. I mean, really, <laughs> that's, that's right, kind of that's what right. I took. That's really just what I took. It was selective hearing. Selective hearing. Well, <laughs> but I think it, it like all jokes aside, it is refreshing to hear that from. Yeah. 
somebody who actually practices medicine yes. who's like, you know what? Like, and that is to me just um, speaks volumes to the kind of steady MD philosophy of like, we're just people like just treat people, you know, give them, mm-hmm. give them reasonable things to do and yeah. connect yeah. with them and like, you know, get to know them and don't just right. send them on their way with a prescription and see them again a year later. Yeah. Yeah. Just treat people with respect and with love and then things Shocking. will be great. Yeah, really. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> Give more hugs. All right. Well, listeners can go to steadymd.com forward slash GGW. Is that correct? Yeah. Did I get Andy, it right? Yeah. And Danny, yep. if people want to follow you, where do they find you? They can find me on Instagram at DanielRcuyoMD. So that's D-A-N-I-U-R-C-U-Y-O-M-D. And if they have any questions, um, they can shoot me an email at D-A-N-I- at steadymd.com. All right. All right. Well, that's it for this week. Thank you, Danny. It was so nice talking to you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Have a good weekend. Bye.